Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. get there but I want to ask us just if we could uh, just kind of put that shelf what we have coming down the pipeline shelf it for the moment because I want to focus on the word of God today if we can turn again to Luke chapter 11 reading verse 5 it reads this and he said unto them which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and saying to him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity say that word with me importunity it's a fancy word we'll talk about that word he will rise and give him as many as he needeth i'm going to do my best to preach to you today a friend on his journey is what i want to talk about today and i want us to ask god to bless us today and speak to our hearts and strengthen us on this uh this really great fall fest sunday i'm excited for everything happening but uh, god i pray for your word to bless us would you bow your head with me right now thank you jesus thank you for this time thank you for this opportunity for all of us to be here in this one place i pray bring us into that one accord, one mindset, one focus to seek your word for our lives. We need you today, God. I need you in this place. I'm grateful, Lord, for the praise and the worship, God, as it as it's, as it's ushered your presence in this place. Now, Lord, let your word, God, take root in our lives. Help me, Lord, your preacher today. We give you all praise. We give you all glory and thanksgiving today. In your name we pray. Someone say that name with me. Jesus' name. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Just one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus' name. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. I I want us to understand. I don't, we all are are afforded certain opportunities. And some of us witness those things. Some of us take hold of those opportunities. I could have done a better job and given you histories, uh, lists of great individuals who have taken opportunity and invested in opportunity and, and maybe by our definition of success have come uh, away with some sort of great wealth and some kind of great stature. And we all probably even have examples in our lives, family members who have witnessed opportunity and maybe grabbed a hold of it. Or we have those in our lives and maybe myself included and say, hey, uh, I missed an opportunity. And I, I, I tease with my family every time we go somewhere and 
we go out to eat, or typically it's when we go out to eat, I have these great ideas, right? These, these amazing moments where uh, Epiphany hits me and said, you know what? If somebody would invent this, this product, I, I'm telling you, it's to make life easier. Right. Let me give you an example. I, I, for the longest time, I would take, this is, you can laugh at me. That's all right. This is why I'm telling the story. Uh, <clears throat> I would take sour cream, that way sour cream would normally come in like a container. And every time I would use sour cream for my delicious tacos, I would always struggle to get the right amount of sour cream in my tacos. There's a ratio, people. Let's let's be honest. There's some there's just there's, there's some people who, who who need to understand there's a there's a right amount. And it's difficult taking a spoon and doing that right amount a dollop inside your taco. And so I said to myself, I had this old this old uh, ketchup bottle that squeezed, and I said to myself, I'm going to clean that joker out, and I'm going to spend the time sticking sour cream. You, no lie, you can confirm this with my family. I took, I just kept putting sour cream in here, but boy, I tell you what, when it was Tuesday Taco Tuesday, I was the king that day. I had my, my squeezable sour cream right next to me, and I, no more Dolloping, just the perfect amount of application, and I just told my family, "Why doesn't, why isn't there some, some kind of, you know, somebody in the market sell this genius, wonderful idea?" And I said to myself, "Maybe I need to go in Shark Tank." I don't know. I, but what was funny was literally, I don't know if my house was bugged, but soon after that, I walked by and there it was. <laughs> staring me at the face. I At first I went through a couple emotions of anger and I thought to myself, maybe my home is bugged. Someone heard me. I even checked my phone. I'm like, did someone hear me? And, and I thought to myself, my idea was taken and I could have been a billionaire. And I thought, what a missed, uh, yes, that's right, a billionaire in the sour cream game. Uh, a, a billionaire. But because of my missed opportunity, I thought to myself, man. But then I quickly got over it, purchased it, and I was happy again because I didn't waste any more time stuffing sour cream into bottles that shouldn't be. So I tell you all this is that there are times where things come into place, where things were aligned just right that we think so, that we think that opportunity works that way. But it's not necessarily the truth. Opportunity is an interesting thing because we desperately need opportunity, but we desperately need to act on opportunity. And when I thought about this week and, and everything that's happening and us getting ready for this wonderful Sunday and Fall Fest Sunday, and our mind is probably like, man, get me to the park, get me in, get me to the place where I have a hot dog in hand. Get me to a place where I'm going to just start feeding myself. And I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I, I did think, man, I don't want an opportunity to pass me by. I don't want an opportunity ever to pass me by in the presence of my holy God. I don't ever want it to cut, just look at it and, and recognize it and say to myself, there's something else more important than touching God, than getting in his presence, than doing something about the opportunity that we have today. I think about the story of what we find in Mark chapter
chapter 7. And I want us to take a look at that in verse 24. The Bible says that, And from thence he arose, and he went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, and entered into a house, and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. I want to pause here and break this down a little bit. Sometimes it's, it's just one of those things where Jesus also wanted to get away, where Jesus wanted to have some peace and quiet, some, some time to just enjoy a meal without somebody bugging him, without somebody knocking on his door. Here he is. He, he didn't want no one to know he was in this place, but the scripture says that he could not be hid. I don't know why that was, and and honestly, I have I could give you my personal feelings. I I feel though that Jesus never wants to be hid. I feel that Jesus is the type of person that is always going to make himself known, even when you don't want to know him. He's go, he's he's going to be that person. But he he tried to find the solace by himself. But the scripture goes on, verse twenty five, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit. She heard of him and came and fell at his feet. This moment that this the Bible calls this Syrophoenician woman, the next verse, the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. She besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of his daughter. And when she heard of him, she heard of this, this individual that is unlike anyone else, somebody who was real, Somebody was in her vicinity. Somebody that she can come into interaction with because what she witnessed in that moment was opportunity. And she decided within herself, I'm going to act on the opportunity that I have in front of me. And the Bible tells us that even though she was not part of the cool kids club, even though she didn't have the heritage, even though she didn't have the right last name, she didn't have the approach down correctly, she didn't have the right clothes or the outfit or all those things. She maybe didn't pay for the dinner plate to go in there. She she didn't have any of those things. None of those things stopped her. She witnessed that I have a need in my home. My daughter is in great distress. My daughter is in a situation that no one can heal her or touch her, but I believe that somebody can help within this opportunity. And she goes into this room, and I can see it now I don't know. She she bombards the doors open. She's she's a little bit loud. She's a little bit out of order, and you can see people in the home. I'm sorry. Excuse me. What are you doing here? You're not allowed. You can see her probably swap the hands away from her, and she says, "I've got to talk to Jesus." And she goes and she makes a beeline to the master, and she gets up to him. Now she doesn't stand and hover over him. She doesn't pull up a seat and say, "Listen, least." listen, Jesus, I need this, this, and this. No, she falls on her feet. She falls down to the ground. And this is what we see happens next. We see this humility that she begins to exude out of her life. Verse 27. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Oh, my God. Now, I love Jesus as you love Jesus. Now, I love the Jesus we typically 
you know, paint in our mind and our and think of the individual who who's the one who who's died on the cross. That's the appropriate painting. I like the one who grabs the little children and puts them on his lap and talks parables and teaches the people that if anyone to abuse this child, that they would have a millstone wrapped around them and cast into a sea that you you deal with one of my little ones, you're going to deal with me. I, I love that picture of Jesus. I, I love that picture of Jesus as he's, he, he climbs up on the mount and, and he turns around in Matthew 5 and begins to preach to the multitude this amazing word. I love that type of Jesus. I love the Jesus who walks on water. I love the Jesus who feeds the multitude. But when I I see here and I look here and I, I see this Jesus turns ugly. Right. He calls he calls her a dog. Yeah. I, I can't help you now. I, I'm here to help everyone else but you. Mm. And I look at this story and sometimes I think to myself, my God, I'm the dog. Right. I'm the one who doesn't belong in his presence. I'm the one without the heritage. I'm the one without the perfect bloodline and the right pedigree and the right type of schooling and the and the right just, you know, perfect family. I am that one that he is looking in the eye and saying, I'm here to bless everybody else but you. When I look at this Jesus, no doubt we can look at this, this Jesus and find great offense. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to be offended here. Sure. She was allowed to scoff, get up off the floor, maybe overturn a table, maybe even spit on somebody's food. Maybe, I don't know, she was absolutely allowed to take offense, but she doesn't. Right. Look what she says next. She answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs, I I want you to understand, when she says yes, she's owning the fact that he's right. She's owning the fact of her place in the position next to Jesus. I am a dog next to you. I don't deserve these things. I don't deserve that type of relationship. But yes, Lord, you have to understand, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. I love this story. We, I think everyone does. We see this type of faith that this woman has. But I, I love what she sees here with opportunity. And it's something that we all need to grab a hold of today. She sees opportunity, but she's also welcomed with a no. And our biggest problem in our church today and all churches is that the opportunity is always there, but we stop at no. We hear the word no. We hear no, it's too hard. Or no, you're not allowed. And we see we see this wall come up and we stop at the no and we go home. And we take our problems that we have and we go right back to walking the same week we, we struggle with the, the week before. We keep hitting that wall of no and we're frustrated and we look at opportunity and we miss opportunity. But I'm here to give us some encouragement today that, that that no one owns the patent on opportunity no one owns the deed or or the title on opportunity opportunity is for everyone it is it is it is there for the taking how do i know that even the word of god tells us ecclesiastes 9 and 11 
the wisest man on earth says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance. Someone say opportunity. Opportunity. Happeneth to them all. And I want us to grab a hold of that today because we need to understand something. Quit taking the no that you get, the negative you get, the times you come up to an altar and you don't get the Holy Ghost that day. That is not a no. It, it, it is not a this is over. You miss your opportunity. Keep coming. Keep understanding where you're at in life. Keep on the fact that yes, I, I need to humble myself. I need to come to his table. He's there because he's, he's hungry to see faith. Amen. Some of us would look at that table and say what was served on that table. I'm telling you what was served on that table around that woman was faith. It was the thing that she offered up on that table before Jesus when everyone else was there because of pedigree. Everyone else was there because of position. Only person in the room that wasn't there because of all those things, she's the one that truly served Jesus that day. Wow, what a mighty God we serve. If only we could truly understand that. Even in his no, I still can get a yes. I, I, love, I love my opening text, this, the story, because the absurdity of it all. I go back to it in Luke 11. Now, there's great context here in this, this, this portion of Scripture. Jesus tells this, this story right after he teaches the Lord's Prayer. And then after this story, he goes on and, and reminds us to ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. He is he's trying to get us to understand how we should pray. So when I when I tell this story, understand that that's a strong part of this context. But I want to I want to talk a little bit more of just the story because it makes me it makes me laugh. The story goes on and tells us that a friend shall go unto him at midnight. This, this friend comes knocking on the neighbor's door. And I've talked about this story before. There's a lot of stories in Scripture that's just so absurd. Now, barring the, the, the places in text that we see, for instance, the huge miracles like the parting of the Red Sea, yeah. right? The feeding of the five thousands, the walking on water—you know, those are those are stories that are so out of our understanding, right? Those are those are moments in Scripture, but there are stories also in Scripture that are are, if I could put it this way, equally kind of like wow. And you know, a great example is um, <laughs> uh, marriages in the Old Testament, especially how um, Jacob how he marries. Uh, uh, his wife and he goes to this the ceremony and he stands before his wife to be in that ceremony but the next morning wakes up to somebody else that's a story that it's hard to understand that's a, that is that is a completely what what just happened it, it, that that veil and we need some of those veils and today that'll that'll block covid for sure and common sense and all everything else. <clears throat> so there's, there's stories like that. And this is one of those stories to me. Because I don't know about you, 
But has anyone ever had their door knocked on by a neighbor at midnight for bread? Now, we've had, we've had, my mom says yes. Really? <laughs> for bread at midnight. Were you asleep? <laughs> Were you asleep? I was up. Wow. That's hilarious. So let's say here. Yeah. I tell you what, that is a percentage that I did not count on. Even even just the one in this building. Now we've had people wake us up in the middle of the night. I'm not going to say that's not true. But for bread, three loaves of bread, I need bread. He knocks on this door. <clears throat> and the reply from the voice behind the door is, I'm going to throw this in scripture. It's not there, but I know it's there. Are you serious? <laughs> Go home. <laughs> We're in bed. The whole family is asleep. Please. Go back, go back to bed. Now the scripture goes on and, and it reads this because of his importunity. That word importunity is such a, a, a different word. It's not a word used often. But the word importunity means persistence. It means like just consistency and drive and push. And the Bible says in that text there, but because of his importunity, meaning his willingness to not stop knocking on the door. His is just, I'm not leaving, kind of. I, I have this, I've declared that no is not an answer. And I know that I have this, I have this great need, and I'm not willing to leave without what I've come here for. And I love this, 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 that word importunity, because I want us to understand what drives importunity. And if we understand this text, and we understand what I just talked about, I want to I give us a real shortcut of what, what drives importunity. Relationship drives importunity. Relationship drives persistence. And I want to speak to you about that, what that really means. Because some of us are moms and dads in here. And some of you, because of the relationship you have with your child, when they get sick, it's you become real persistent. There's, I, don't, I know I've been one that has drove in the middle of the night to a CVS or a drugstore to find something that's open because my child was not well. And I know many of you have the same story. But you don't do that for the friend across the street necessarily. You do it because of the relationship you have with the people you desperately love. And we have here this moment that this man knocks on his neighbor's door and because of his persistence, and if I could retitle this, I could say the importunity at an inopportune time. And there's, there's never a great time for importunity to take place. There's never a perfect moment for, for you to say, you know what, my persistence is going to come through in this opportunity because it's just perfectly there, the 
road is laid out, that's the unfortunate part of importunity. It's always going to meet obstinance. It's always going to meet a no. You're always going to have that door in front of you, that wall in front of us, where we have to say, because of this, because of inopportunity, I have to have importunity. I have to press and push and drive. I say all this because it's so important that we get this into our spirit today. And I don't want to preach and belabor my point today. I hope we understand that opportunity, number one, is real. Opportunity happens all around us. Number two, we've got to stop looking at opportunity like it's only for the, for the high class, or it's only for the rich, or it's only for those who are in good places and not for me and my family. That right there is a lie. It's not for the swift. It's not for the strong. It's for everybody because time and chance happeneth to all. And we have to understand that if God's in the house, my opportunity is there as well. And I have to touch him, I have to meet him, and I have to press beyond even God's no. Even when my God says, no, 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 I have to keep saying, yes, yes, yes. God, I know you're not liking this. God, I know you don't want this to happen. But God, because your word deems it so, because your word gives the prime example that we have the availability to press beyond even that, 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 that wall that you have set up. We have the ability to break through those things if we have importunity. But I get here today to tell you all this. When I read this story, see, this, this message came to me this morning as I was praying, and, and I read of the story kind of just reverberated this week, and uh, I just kind of, I don't know, in the back of my mind, I just had the word opportunity over, just keep, keep kind of rolling around in my head this whole week, and I really, I struggled to really sit down and, 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 and grind out notes and, and, and put before you a, 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 a something different, but I just, I just trust in prayer, trust in God's timing, and I, I just got down in prayer this morning, and this story came to me, and I began to read it again, and I realized my position in the story. The story there we find in Luke 11, is it highlights the story of, of the friend who knocks on the neighbor's door. <clears throat> but I made this point, and it's still the very true point, that relationship dictates importunity. Relationship dictates persistence. And it was because of what reason did he go knock on that door? Because he had a friend who's come to him on his journey and I speak this to you today that I and you and me today are the friend on the journey we're the ones in life that are trying our best to get from point A to point B we're the ones who have navigated ugly valleys and hilltops and, and problems and circumstances and weathered storms and when we finally got to a friend's house in our weariness and tiredness we are starving for something 
And thank God, thank God I have a friend in Jesus. Thank God I have a friend who recognizes my weariness and recognizes my weakness and my struggle and my journey. And he says this to me. He doesn't tell me to go over to my neighbor's house and knock on his door. No, he says, wait here. I'll be right back. I will go for you. I will be the persistent one in your life. I will put myself out for you. I will knock on doors. I will make a way where there is no way. Why? Because I have a relationship with you. Now I end today with this chapter. We can all stand. John chapter 4 is a powerful text to me. And I want to read the beginning parts of it. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Now, I've said this before. That's probably one of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture for me. Verse 4. I, I'm telling you right now, you don't understand how, how powerful that verse is. Yeah. That my Jesus says, I've got to go through this area that no one wants to go through. Verse 5, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Joseph, therefore, being wearied, with his journey sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water you see this opportunity begin to unfold itself you see this intersection begin to happen Jesus saith unto, him, unto her give me to drink for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat then saith the woman of Samaria unto him how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest me to drink, or ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. This is what I want to end on here. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink. Thou would ask, would have, wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. I say all this, bring us to this text here, simply for that short phrase, if thou knewest, if you would have only known the opportunity in front of you, this church, do you know the opportunity that's in front of you today? Do you realize, do you truly understand the opportunity that is afforded us today? But here's what I want to echo to you. Friends, we're on this journey together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that some of you have have gone through great loss on your journey but I'm telling you right now in this place 
you have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's a friend of all friends. He's not the one that is going to demand you to jump through hoops, even though importunity desires as such. Even though my drive, even though I, I have to be obedient to the law and the way the Word of God is laid out, but today I want us to take rest today. I want us to take a step backwards and say, God, thank you for loving me and my faults and my wrongs and my mistakes. You're the one who goes to bat for me. Can I tell you who you are? You're not the Syrophoenician woman today. You're the daughter with the devil. You're the one in the home who's in great need. and You can't help yourself and you're struggling through life. But thank God I have somebody named Christ who will go to the farthest ends of this world to get me the things that I desperately need. I'm going to ask us to all gather up to the front together because I want us to close together in prayer. I want us to reach out to him and say, God, help me. Help me in my need today. I've been on this journey. Would you, would you be transparent with yourself and tear down the exterior, the hard exterior that we all build up, this, this, pers this persona that we've got things under control. Can I just be honest with you? I'm that guy who's got in in the middle of the night and I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm worn out. Life is just, my God, it's robbed so much from me. Oh, church, Come on, allow yourself to rest. Rest in the arms of a friend right now. He's a friend to you. He's a friend to us. Would you, would you just raise your hands to God right now? Lord, hallelujah. All across this building. Jesus, I need you. I need you. Yes, there's times for me to drive and to push. And, and to be the one who knocks on doors. But today... Oh, Lord, I'm the friend on a journey. I need you, God, to bless this church with a joy unspeakable, full of glory. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 